Good evening. Boy, I took a nice little nap. <laughs> we are back in the reading of the book that I had written many years ago. And today, or tonight, is chapter 6. And this one is entitled, I Thirst. Let's go to that. Chapter 6, I Thirst. The next chapter will be looking at the fifth shout from the cross. This one shows the humanity, the victory, and the thirst for God's presence. This shout is breathtaking. Consider what Jesus had just cried out earlier. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And how the Holy Spirit showed us why he had suffered the separation from the Father at this point. And how Jesus Christ was the only one to ever fulfill the entire law of God. And when God had seen him travail, he was satisfied. Let's just review the first cries leading up to this one. Forgiveness. Luke chapter 23, 33 through 34. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Salvation, Luke chapter 23, 39 through 43. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, capital L, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And then the keeping of the law. John chapter 19, 23 through 27. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, Therefore among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, They parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. Loneliness Matthew twenty seven forty five through forty six. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. Now the sixth hour would be noon, the ninth would be three o'clock in the afternoon, just so people understand that. Because remember, their days start in the evening at sundown. At sundown to sundown is how the Hebrews well, that's how God tells days, okay? And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, 
My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Next one is suffering. John nineteen twenty eight through 29 After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. Natural thirst. There are not many that can relate to how thirsty Jesus was when he spoke this. The human body cannot operate very long without water, unless, of course, God supernaturally sustains you as he did Moses for 40 days and others such as Jesus. The human body cannot operate for a long time without water. After 72 hours, it will begin to shut down, and you will have muscle cramps, and your kidneys will begin to shut down as the hydration begins. Your mouth and lips can become so dry that when you open them, they would crack and bleed, which would be very painful in itself. Though Jesus had not gone 72 hours, it was about 15, I believe. We must remember that he had endured early, what he had endured earlier before he got to the point on the cross. He had eaten the last supper with his disciples, then went to the garden. This begins his journey of great suffering and lack of substance needed to keep the body strong. While in the garden, being in great agony, his soul was exceeding sorrowful unto death. He prayed to where his sweat was as great drops of blood. His body was stressed. He cried out to the Father, If it be possible, let this cup pass, but not what I will, let thy will be done. He finds his disciples sleeping three times after asking them to pray one hour with him. Then his friend Judas comes with a band of soldiers to arrest him. He is betrayed with a kiss from the only disciple that was from the tribe of Judah as he was. Then Peter strikes the ear off of one of the soldiers, and Jesus heals this man. Remember when the woman with the issue of blood had touched the hem of his garment, and he turned and asked, Who touched me? For I perceive virtue had gone out. I'm paraphrasing here. This word virtue in the Greek means strength. When Jesus healed people, it took some virtue from him. So here we see that he used some of his strength that he had in order to rectify Peter's wrong all the while knowing he needed all of his strength to endure the next several hours. Wow. Again, a, a portrayal of the selflessness of Christ. Every disciple forsakes him and is scattered. Jesus is then taken by the mob to Annas, which that's in John chapter 18, verse 13. Then by the mob to Cephas, which is in Matthew twenty-six fifty-seven. Then by the Jews, the Pilate, which is in Luke 23.1. Then by the soldiers, the Herod, which is Luke 23.7. Then again, the soldiers take him to Pilate, Luke 23.11-25. Peter denies even knowing him, even cursing, after just hours earlier saying that he would die with him. Many hours of illegal trials where he was lied on, cursed, bound, blindfolded, beat, and ultimately scourged, mocked crowned with thorns, bit, slapped, humiliated. Robes placed over him after being beaten, being beaten, then ripped off him. His own clothing, 
placed over the open room wounds, had a crossbar of 75 to 100 pounds placed upon his shoulders, then trying to walk to his death where many people hurled insults, spit on him, and laughed at him. Finally, someone carries the crossbar for him to Calvary, then to ha only have his clothing ripped from his body again, making his wounds that he endured from the beating to bleed all the more and then thrown to the ground on a coarse piece of timber, huge nails pounded into his hands and feet. The cross is then raised and roughly placed in the hole, making his body jolt and his bones go out of joint. Throughout all this, not one crumb of food, not one drop of water, not one minute of sleep. No one there to help him or comfort him. The human body can only take so much stress, physical and emotional, then add no water, no food, no rest for the body, loss of blood and sweat. Yes, Jesus was physically thirsty, and it was written hundreds of years earlier how thirsty he would be. Psalm 22, verses 13 through 15. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. People have a hard time dealing with the truth that Jesus was God in the flesh, that he was made of flesh and blood and holy man. If we ignore that Jesus was not only God, but was a man, the whole gospel goes out the window. And John chapter 1 verses 1 through 2 and verse 14 would not make any sense. Apostle Paul called it a great mystery. First Timothy 3.16 But it is a necessity to believe, so we understand that Jesus was tempted to every point as we are, and yet without sin. You find that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. He had to be a man in order to be the only man to fulfill the law. Galatians 4, 4 through 5. Why is it so important that we believe that Jesus was not only God, but man also? Because he knows your pain. He knows your loneliness. He knows your grief. He knows your sorrow. He knows your shame. He knows your temptations. He knows what it's like to be hungry, thirsty, and tired. He knows. He can sympathize with our weaknesses, and he can help us overcome as he did. Spiritual thirst. I believe he was also spiritually thirsty, for now all things were accomplished. He endured the wrath and separation from the Father. And now he desired more than natural water. He desired his father. I believe Jesus was living what the psalmist sang. Psalms 42, 1 through 2. As the, deer, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Jesus endured God's wrath on sin upon the cross. His wrath is as a consuming fire with fiery indignation. 
For three hours, Jesus endured the horrors of hell for us and entered into our suffering and pain. So we would not be thirsty if we come to him. We would not suffer the fire of God's wrath and hell forever. Here we see the very depth of God's love for us and the horrors that our revolting sins bring. At the cross, Jesus did not promise we would have no troubles or trials, persecution or suffering, but at the cross, he made the way that we could come and fill our time of need with his presence and say, I know, I know, through me, you can do all things, for I have given you the strength. Let the weak say, I am strong. Weeping endures for a night. Oh, but joy cometh in the morning. He gives us the reason and the ability to go on, to continue to run this race with patience and to pick up our cross and follow him because he knows. After he bridged the gap, he says, I thirst. All is completed. And the one who gives us living water is thirsty from the wrath that was poured out upon him by God, who is now satisfied and pleased. He cries out for not only natural water to wet his dried, scorched lips, but for spiritual water from heaven to fill him and to make him the living well of water that will never go dry forever. For he is the living water, and all that thirst should come unto him. Whosoever drinks of him shall never thirst again. And he does that by his precious Holy Spirit. The soldier places a sponge on the end of the hyssop branch full of vinegar. It is worth noting that this same hyssop plant was used as the tool to be dipped into the blood of the Passover lamb and placed upon the door and side post in faith. Now we see this hyssop plant being dipped into bitter sour vinegar wine and placed upon our door, Jesus Christ. And no doubt, the blood from his face fell upon the hyssop branch. Also, hyssop was used in the burning of the red heifer. John chapter 10, verse 7 through 9 says, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Jesus, when knowing all things were complete, said, I thirst. This is amazing. And as I am writing this, I am sitting in awe. Because if it were not for the Holy Spirit of the Almighty God, this would not make a bit of sense to me. But read Exodus 12, and you will see that everything that was needed for the Passover and was commanded by God at the Passover was present this very day that God's Passover lamb hung upon the cross. So do not tell me that I'm a heretic for celebrating Passover do not tell me it is wrong for a believer in Yahashua HaMashiach to celebrate the Passover when he is my Passover lamb. Praise God. Number one, Jesus is the lamb of God. Number two, Jesus is the door to the sheep with blood on it. Number three, hyssop was in use. 
Number four, Jesus is the unleavened bread of life. Number five, bitter herbs present in the vinegar given to the Savior. Number six, when we accept Jesus, we are to be prepared at all times to leave this world. Number seven, we are to eat every bit of his word and not leave anything out. Number eight, no bones of Jesus were broken as no bones of the Passover lamb were to be broken. Number nine, the same time Jesus was being prepared for the ultimate sacrifice as God's Passover lamb, so were the lambs being prepared for Passover. Number ten, the lamb was to be eaten, all of it, without, before morning, if possible. We are to be full of the word of God when he comes to receive us in the morning on the clouds of glory. Number eleven, blood of the lamb was shed for the passing over of death unto life. Number twelve, the Passover was to be remembered every year as a memorial we are to partake of the Lord's Supper as often in remembrance of him. There is probably so much more that I am not seeing yet, but you may see more than what I have found. I love the word of God. I do right now. I just want to cry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What we must understand also is these last four shouts from the cross are in succession. They are one right after another. These four shouts began at three o'clock in quick succession before Jesus died. They are number one, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Number two, I thirst. Number three, it is finished. And number four, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. By the soldiers giving Jesus the bitter vinegar on a sponge, that helped him be able to cry out the victory shout, It is finished. Personally, I believe when he said that, all of hell trembled because they had no idea what they had done. According to Apostle Paul, if they would have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Prophecy of his birth life and dying hours upon the cross were now complete praise god and that concludes chapter six i don't care what anyone else says if you enjoyed it or not i tell you what right now i'm in awe because as i read this my kids could testify my ex-husband james can testify i wrote this i spent many hours but you know what it's all anew to me all over again and i could was weep and cry right now because of what christ jesus did for us because of what god almighty our heavenly father did for us and he had all written in the old testament when jesus said in the volume of the book it is written of me he meant it it's there open your eyes people unblind those eyes ask him Ask him for salve for your eyes if you need it. Read the Old Testament. See Jesus in there. No, you you do not go and put yourself back under the law like the Hebrew roots people has done or the sacred namers have done. No, that's not it. You go there in order to see Jesus. And then you go to the New Testament and you see how Jesus fulfilled it. Go in prayer to the Father. Ask him for wisdom. And he will give it to you. He has given us his precious Holy Spirit, the spirit of grace. All glory be to God. Hallelujah. 
in order to teach us and to show us things to come. He will bring things to your remembrance when you have need of them. Make sure you read the word so he can bring it to your remembrance. In order to remember something, you must have done it or read it. Think about it, please. There's things that you must do. Read, partake, eat the word of God. Have fellowship with the Father. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Examine your hearts. I love you all so very much. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I could get so excited. Um, keep your eyes on Jesus, brothers and sisters. Please keep your eyes on Jesus, please. And your nose in the book, which is the word of God. And embed the word of God upon the tablets of your hearts. So you will not sin against God or be deceived. Until next time, brothers and sisters, I love you all. Bye-bye.